Welcome back to the Watching World Podcast, a podcast of abundant life. As always, I'm your host, Les Norman, and it is an honor to have you listening today. And, and I continue to hear incredible encouragement from so many of you listeners out there that have been enjoying the podcast, enjoying the guests, enjoying the topics. And more than anything, this podcast exists to glorify the name of Jesus. And so um, we, we're just so thankful that you're out there listening and, and tell some other people about it. And um, yeah, man, it is it is fantastic. And you see, I'm already talking like an athlete because I'm saying man in there because of our guest that's coming on. Um, I've always wanted to cover this topic on some kind of a radio show, podcast, TV show, some kind, because, and I'm going to set this up before I bring our guest in. Back in, in the mid-90s, when I had played with the Kansas City Royals, was an outfielder, we had a, a chaplain, a dear mentor and friend, the late Mike Lasardi, um, a dear friend that passed away, uh, gosh, almost two years now. And um, Mike was instrumental in helping me understand that faith was before sports, not just you you play a sport professionally or even collegiately or high school or youth or whatever it may be. Those weren't first, and then you brought God into it. God as a man of faith meant that I was to be that strong man of faith and bring baseball and my career into my faith, bring my marriage into my faith, bring children, bring life into faith. But oftentimes, that's not what happens. And there were some in the Royals clubhouse back in the day that were very vocal, that didn't want anything to do with faith. And some didn't even believe that faith should be in a locker room because their opinion was, after all, a locker room is about the sport and the people, not the faith. And so I wanted to cover this topic today. Does faith belong in sports, maybe you're a parent of uh, a young baseball, softball, basketball, football player. Maybe you have some in college. Maybe you have some that are in or on their way, potentially, possibly are going to be blessed with a professional career. And so I think I have the perfect guy to cover this topic. So on the Watching World podcast today, um, a friend, uh, very talented podcast host, author, He's a former ESPN producer. If you've seen anything related to SportsCenter, Monday Night Football, Mike and Mike, he's an Emmy award-winning producer, used to be at ESPN. He's also an author, and I haven't read the second book yet. I'll let him talk about it when we get there. But the first one, Live to Forgive, Moving Forward When Those We Love Hurt Us. Boy, I tell you, Jason and I have a kindred spirit here, kind of a similar background, but this is an amazing book. If you've ever been hurt by a family member... I highly recommend that you grab this book. It's called Live to Forgive. And then The Uniform of Leadership, Lessons on True Success from My ESPN Life. So now Jason is the host of Sports Spectrum. And on Sports Spectrum, it's a podcast. Make sure you, you get there. And I'm going to let Jason tell you where can you find it here shortly. Um, he interviews athletes, coaches, entertainers, personalities. They're sharing their stories on the intersection of sports and faith. So, yes, this is out there. And if you didn't know it, you need to go. They just hit over 2 million downloads. Um, this is an amazing, amazing podcast. Um, you can you find it through social media. Uh, you can find it on, on, on many platforms. Jason is the director of media for Sports Spectrum. He oversees all the media channels, including Sports Spectrum Magazine, SportsSpectrum.com. And he is now, you're going to add, 
Jason, the Watching World podcast to this. He's been featured on the likes of The 700 Club, Family Life Today with my good friend Bob Lapine, Focus on the Family, and another good friend Emily Austin co-hosts Liberty University's Game On, and so many more. So Jason, good luck. Live up to that introduction. Jason Romano joins us on the Watching World podcast. Hi, Jason. Wow. Les, that was just uh that was amazing thank you <laughs> it's well, great to be with you well, it's great to have you here and of course all glory to god but but hey um you know if you need to record and use that introduction for anything feel free man <laughs> just go ahead and bask in that absolutely make sure you get that recording to me when we're finished <laughs> yes absolutely so so jason um before we begin we get into this you made a decision in 2017 um, you were yeah. very talented, very well liked. And people can go to uh, jasonromano.com, I believe is your website, correct? Yes, that's so, it. Yeah, so they can go to your website. And there's a cool video. If you go on the about page, there's a cool video that tells a little bit of your story. So I won't take too much of your time to do that. But um, 2017, I mean, you, you had this desire. Um, I remember, I believe in the video, it said you wanted to be Howard Cosell. You wanted to be in broadcasting and just get out there and in some level be part of sports, correct? Yeah. Ever since I was a little kid, uh, I feel like, you know, I came out of the womb loving sports. I had a dad who loved sports. I had a grandfather who loved it. Uh, my brothers and I, we played it, we watched it. So yeah, I think there was this desire, especially after I realized I couldn't do what you got to do, which was play professionally. I said, the next best thing would be to, you know, cover sports, talk about sports, be a broadcaster. And that's where the love of sports came from and the love and the desire to go into broadcasting came from. The cool thing is for you, you know, as a as a former professional baseball player, I was one dimensional man. I was only pro in one sport. You could cover them all, <laughs> any sports that right. interest you. So, so that's really cool. So, growing up, you had the sports background, but was there a faith background early in life? Did it come later? When did you come to a faith in the Lord? Yeah, my faith. You know, when I was a kid, I, I went to church. I went to uh, St. Patrick's Church in Ravenna, New York, with my grandfather and. You know, did the things that you're supposed to do as a good little kid. You know, you go to church on Sunday. We went bowling or we watched, you know, and played video games and watched sports afterwards. Uh, you know, I made my first communion, I think, when I was seven. Uh, I did the confirmation thing when I was 14 or 15. But there was really ever, uh, never a relationship with Jesus. In fact, I'd never heard that before. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say I, I probably believed in God, but I had no idea who he was. Um, so I don't think that if you were asking me if I was to, you know, die at 16, I don't know if I would have went to heaven, to be honest with you, because I had no idea who Jesus was. Uh, it wasn't until I was 27 and I was, you know, much later, by the, this time I was married, uh, had started the job at ESPN. I was living in Connecticut and my brother, Chris, who is my middle brother, I have two younger brothers. He's the middle brother. He was the first in our family to really develop a relationship and strong faith with the Lord. And we saw it at first and thought he was a little nuts, a little different, and not exactly, you know, uh, I don't know, it wasn't as attractive at first, because I think he was so on fire. And it was so different that we were just kind of like, Whoa, bro, what's going on with you. But later on, I would say within a couple of years, uh, I saw the lifestyle that he was living, mm -hmm. I saw the way that he was loving his wife, the way that he was loving his new son, so good. the way that he was loving people. And suddenly I thought, okay, that's interesting. It didn't mean necessarily that I wanted to jump full force into it, 
but it became attractive to the point where I was really impressed with the way that this, this guy had turned his life around. And one day he just invited me to church with my mom and my brother Damien down to his church uh, in Hudson, New York. And it was Mother's Day, 2001. And I went and I'll never forget less, you know, growing up in a Catholic church setting, um, I walked into my brother's church, which was a Pentecostal charismatic church. Um, it is it is night and day in, in terms of the experience yes, of is. that church. <laughs> it is night and day. It's just different. It's it's not bad or, or, or good or worse or, or better or whatever. It was just different. And I was not used to it. But I remember hearing the sermon that day, which was really intriguing to me, just listening to somebody kind of share for 20, 30 minutes. And my brother afterwards brought me back to his house. We were just kind of hanging out for Mother's Day. And he said, what did you think of the service? And I said, yeah, it was okay. You know, it wasn't bad. Uh, but he he saw an opening, I think, because my heart had been opened enough that day to where he invited me into the back room of his house. And we sat there for about 20 minutes, just me and him. And he shared with me the gospel that day. I said yes. And I began that journey. Now, I didn't know what I was completely saying yes to. I just knew that my heart was open to start what has now been a 20-year journey with the Lord. Uh, and I, I always encourage people and those listening, hopefully they'll be encouraged as well, to know that you don't have to have it all figured out to begin a journey with, with the Lord and to be, begin a journey of faith. Amen. Um, so, so many of us want to clean ourselves up before we go to God. And, and God, if you read the scriptures, it's clear, like he wants you right where you are. Amen. Uh, with all of the mess, with all of the dirt, with all of the grime. And for me, that was where I was at that time. Um, on the outside, I think things looked great. You know, I was married to Dawn. We had just gotten married, uh, had the job at ESPN. You know, we had just moved into our new house. Like things were going great on the outside, but there was that hole, you know, that void on the inside that really needed filling. And my brother, thankful, I'm just thankful to God for him because he was bold enough to share um, with me. And now here we are 20 years later, and both him and I are in ministry and um, God's doing an amazing thing in, in all of our lives and our, our kids' lives and our grandkids. My brother has grandkids now. So it's kind of crazy to watch the Lord uh, and how he works based upon really one circumstance that day in May of 2001. I heard a friend once say that God loves who you are and he is interested in who you are, but he's more interested in who you're becoming. And I, and mm. I love the fact that, that you brought that up is that we tend to think that we're in control. I mean, I know I'm not the best CEO of my life, not at all. And, right. and I'm also not God. And so um, it, it, it's just really neat in how God wants you where you are. And it, Jesus went to people where they are. He didn't say, I want a conversation with you, but I want you to go here first. I want you to wash first. I want you to do this. He just dove right into their heart, met them where they are, spoke the truth in love. And uh, yeah, that's a great point, man. Thank you for that, Jason. So you're at ESPN. And uh, this is the dream job for you. It's what you always wanted to do. It's it's the the biggest sports network, and yeah. everybody knows what ESPN is. I mean, you were uh, casting and producing and providing content and doing so many things, social media. I mean, you name it, you were doing it, and you were well liked and loved by. You know, we see these people like a Mike and Mike. We see the hosts at the front of it, but we didn't see a lot 
of the people behind it. You never do. We don't, uh, and even in podcasting, you, you don't see our face. You just hear our voices and hear the topics and the guests that come on. But uh, you were very well liked. And so was there then, when you came to the Lord, was there uh, a change that other people noticed? You noticed in your brother. I know when I came to faith, Bobby Meacham, former Yankee shortstop, was a coach in, in A-ball. And yeah. he had talked in chapel about what it meant to have this personal relationship, which blew me away. That was foreign to me. I was tired during chapel. I just wanted to clean up from the week but, and so I could start over on Monday. And, and yet what really got my heart toward the Lord was how, like you said, how Bobby Meacham loved his wife, how he treated mm -hmm. his kids, how he treated us. There was a peace about him. He wasn't perfect, but he was changed. The Lord transformed him and his life matched his words. So what did you, were people saying anything to you at ESPN when you had made that decision? That's a great question. Cause um, by the way, Bobby Meacham has an incredible testimony of his own. He does. That people as they're hearing this, should go watch and read and listen to. But I, for me, it was weird because at first, you know, there was a change, I think, within me, the fact that I was like desiring to read the Bible and wanted to go to church and find a church and eventually get baptized a couple of years later. And, you know, there was, there was definitely a desire, I think, for me. I don't know if there was a huge change outwardly because I, I really, at least initially, I should say, because I really was conflicted less when I went to work at ESPN on how to live my life as a follower of Christ. Mm. I didn't I didn't know I could really do that. Now, occasionally there was a few conversations um, here and there, but very rarely because I thought when you go to work, that's work. Like I'm going to produce sports talk radio or you know, acquire and secure guests for television shows like that was my job and so how in the world could i ever live my faith out or bring my faith into a place like espn when it's just completely different so i don't know i mean i i think i carried myself differently i saw myself over i would say three or four years you know one of the big things for me and this is just me i i am not condemning anyone who curses or has foul language ever sometimes we all let something out you'd be hitting on me, the you'd be hitting on peter a little bit in the bible exactly right um but for me i needed to clean up my language that was something i was not happy with and so for me i cleaned that up and it took me a couple of years um that god kind of worked in, in me to be able to 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 really just I don't know. I felt like my, my talk needed to be wholesome, as the word says. And so I stopped cursing. And that was a big deal for me. And I think people noticed that. Um, certainly later on in my career at ESPN, uh, a lot of people would notice that I wouldn't curse. And some would ask, some wouldn't, but they noticed it. And, you know, if that gave me an opportunity to tell people about my faith and, and share a little bit about my walk, uh, great. But I, I would say initially it wasn't like they would see me you know face first in my bible at my desk and come over and say oh, can we pray with you can we you know what are you doing there jason right. you know i i never thought about things like that i really just focused on my job and i jumped in and and did my job um but i think there was a point probably seven or eight years later where i started to understand and recognize that I was a Christian first, not an ESPN producer first. That's good. Once once I recognized that I was a follower of Christ first, that allowed me to bring my faith everywhere. 
So not just at ESPN or even in the home or at the gas station, everywhere I went, the grocery store, I was a follower of Christ first, who then happened to be a dad, a mm -hmm. husband, an ESPN producer. And I got to tell you, my, my identity was very much wrapped up in my work. Right. I mean, people would, people would identify me as an ESPN producer everywhere I went when I was introduced. Somebody would say, hey, this is Jason. He works at ESPN. And it wasn't, hey, this is Jason. He's a follower of Christ. Or this right. is Jason. He's, he's Sarah's dad or Dawn's husband. The world gives you instant credibility. The world gives you instant credibility when they hear ESPN producer. Absolutely. And so it took me seven, eight years to recognize, okay, that's great, but let me, let me try to live my life in a way that glorifies God so my identity is found in Him, which is where it should be found and not in what I do, but who God is and what He says and who He says I am. So that was a real, I don't know, it was a, it was a wrestling point for many years, but it took till I was probably, I don't know, mid to late 30s seven, eight years at ESPN when I finally began to realize that my identity cannot be found in my job. One of the things, Jason, that you said, and our guest is Jason Romano, and as you heard him talk, he is a former ESPN producer, but more than that, he's he loves the Lord, and he is a husband, and he is a father, and he's an author of Live to Forgive and The Uniform of Leadership. Uh, you had mentioned when you started there, after you had just come to faith, one of the things that that was uncomfortable for you, that you felt personally a leading of the Holy Spirit, maybe that your language needed to change. And I was the exact same way. I mean, I, I was, gosh, let's just say when there weren't a lot of fans in the stands, I wasn't the, ver the nicest of guys to have <laughs> the kids around. And yeah. so, um, but, but you talked about, yes, you needed to change that, but yet it it took the Lord working in you over time. It wasn't just, okay, this is what Christians don't do, and I'm stopping it right now, or else I can't. You know, there's, all, there's still, at least for me, there was still, even when I came to know the Lord, well, I have to do. I have to do. I have to change. I have to. And yet there are promptings and leading, leadings by the Holy Spirit to change our lives. Ultimately, it is the Lord working in us to make those changes because without him we we can't make the changes that are necessary so true and I, I gotta tell you there was a time i mean even in my first decade of being a christian especially when i was finally god i should say was finally able to work through me to allow me to not have the potty mouth that i used to have i used to be very judgmental towards other people who claim to be christian and would curse you know mm -hmm. or let out let out curse words here and there I, I say let them slip but there is no letting slip like yeah i realize let this. You, can, <laughs> you can let them fly and you can control your tongue you really can if you if you tried but i used to judge people and say how can you be a christian and say those words how can that be possible and i still think to this day and i'm 48 years old now i still believe if you are a follower of christ you should carry yourself and conduct yourself in a way that's attractive to people to point people to Christ. So I believe that we are ambassadors, as it says, Paul says in Corinthians, for Jesus. So Amen. we should be representing him well everywhere we go. There's no excuse because oh, the, the competitive fire got to me and I was on a, a field and I, and I let out this or that. But we're human. So we make mistakes and we're going to fall every single day. I mean, Paul talked about 
being the chief of sinners and doing yes. the very thing that he doesn't want to do right. in Romans. So we're going to mess up. So I'm not, but and I'm, I think my heart has been softened enough to where I don't want to judge anyone anymore for what they say or where they are. I just believe there is accountability as followers of Christ to represent yourself in a way that points people to Christ in a, in, in a way that's very attractive, in a way that's very um, humble. You know, it's the fruit of the spirit, right? right. And that's, that's what we want to be able to represent. And so for me, I really struggled with that for many years because I thought there's just no way you can curse and call yourself a Christian. And then I've interviewed, I guess, be quite honest with you, I've interviewed about 500 different people for my podcast. Mm -hmm. And there's some that I interview and I love their faith and I love their story. They're wonderful people. And then I'll turn on a game and watch them. <laughs> and sometimes they'll let I out retired. some words. <laughs> I'm glad <Yes>. I retired. <laughs> and, and, and the fact that everybody's watching them, and that worries me because I don't want their testimony that they share with me to be diminished in any way because the world says, oh, they're a Christian, but they're dropping F-bombs sure. or dropping other words. And so I, I think I think it's just important to, to, to be mindful, you know, to keep watch as as Jesus says, to where we are, what we're representing, and where who's watching, because everybody is watching. We have a platform everywhere we go, and I just think it's so vital for us to represent ourselves properly in that way. So well said, Jason. So you're at ESPN. It's around 2017. You've got a great mm -hmm. job. It's the job that you wanted. At least that's that's unless there was a change, and you can you can obviously lend to that if you need to. But there was something stirring in you. And, and and you're the man around ESPN and production, and you've done so many things that so many people have seen, and you are very successful at what you're doing. And then all of a sudden, you feel, I guess, uh, a calling of something different. That's it. Yeah, it's it's it started actually in 2015. Okay, when I was at a conference, uh, a small conference. It was a gathering. Is probably a better word of about 75 people, and I was invited to go speak at it and share about some of the tricks on social media that I had learned at ESPN. Well, I didn't realize this fully until I got there, that every single person there who was at this gathering worked in social media for a ministry or oh, wow. a nonprofit or a faith-based organization. So I'm at this thing and I'm the only person who works for a secular company like ESPN. And I understood why they invited me in because, you know, ESPN is very outward facing and everybody kind of watches it. And to hear kind of some of the tricks about what works and what doesn't, you know, people are interested in that. So I get it. But I was intrigued by people doing the same job that I was doing, but for a greater purpose. Their, their goal was to use the church that they represented or, you know, the nonprofit or the book publishing company that is a Christian company or whatever it is with a greater goal in mind, which is to point people to Christ. And so I was really intrigued by that. And I, I don't know, for the first time ever in my mind, I started thinking, God, do you want me to stay at ESPN and continue working there for the rest of my life? Because I feel this nudge and this tugging that you want me to do more for you. And does that mean it's time to be thinking about leaving ESPN? And so as I began, and that was very foreign to me. I'd never wanted to leave ESPN. Uh, it almost sounded crazy enough that it had to be from God because <laughs> I had no interest at all right. in leaving my dream job. 
But when I heard that and my, my faith was growing, obviously, at that point, and I began to at least entertain the idea. And so in 2016, I really spent time scheduling time with people in the faith space who were leaders, pastors, authors, um, different people in that space and just talking to them. I was never looking for uh, a job. I was never asking for a job. You know, networking is a very popular buzzword. In essence, that's what I was doing. But I was just trying to have people, you know, on a phone call once a week, maybe for 30 minutes and just ask them their journey and then ask them if they thought I was crazy about thinking about leaving ESPN. That was it. Mm-hmm. Because I figured if people were to hear my story a little bit after I listened to theirs and tell me that I was completely nuts and this made no sense, well, that would be a confirmation from God that maybe it wasn't the right time. Sure. Uh, but everybody was kind of very encouraging and, and, and really just pushed me forward to continue to seek God, to pray, to read his word, and to uh, but continue to be a bright light and shine right where I was at ESPN for as long as God had me there. And I loved hearing that. And that's kind of what I did. That was when I was on Mike and Mike again at the end of my career, uh, working for an amazing show, having the best time of my life at ESPN in 2016, and yet knowing that the time was probably coming to an end, not knowing where it was coming to an end towards. And my wife was very good at this because she's like, listen, you could just quit your job, but you got nothing you know, to go towards next, that's not wisdom. That's not wise. Right. So let's kind of walk through this together and let's see what doors might open. And that's when Sports Spectrum came calling in the fall of 2016. And to me, even though I knew that was the door that I was kind of waiting on God to open, uh, it still didn't make sense because the offer to leave included a 40% pay cut, included no benefits. It was a contract position. And I would have to travel to Denver once a month to be with the team of Sports Spectrum out there. I live in Connecticut. So there was a lot changing and it just didn't make sense. But I knew this was what, at least I thought I knew that this is what God wanted me to do. Now, it's funny I say I knew. You really don't know until you go and do it and you look back. Right. But in the midst of it, I just felt like this is the time to move from success at ESPN to significance in working mm. in, in a ministry that can impact people for eternity. It's nice to entertain people with sports at ESPN, and I love that. But when you can actually share the gospel and share people's stories of God moving in their life, that can impact a person for the rest of their lives. And so that was really intriguing to me. And now, almost five years later, I can look back and say clearly that God had his hand in all of this. From success to significance, I wrote that down while you were talking. By the way, that I think yeah. the title of this this podcast might actually have changed. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's amazing. So when you when you knew that's what you were going to do, finally, when when you and your bride decided, okay, this is what we're going to do. How did the people yeah. at ESPN receive that? Because I mean, the, sometimes there are people that think only successfully, only monetarily, only positionally, mm-hmm. and. Were there people that thought, wow, this is career suicide, he's crazy? What was the response when you let it be known that, hey, I'm giving my notice, I'm moving on to do something that I feel like God is calling me to do? Because I know on Mike and Mike, man, they give you a great send-off, but we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, I think 
initially I really wrestled when, when to tell my colleagues because, you know, my wife is very smart and she says to me, listen, if you tell them, cause I knew I was leaving in early December and I stayed until early February. And she's like, if you tell them now, they could just let you go. And then you're two months without a job. And that's very true. They could do that. Yes. Um, but I, I figured I, or I had invested almost 17 years there. Uh, and I, I carefully crafted, I guess, what I was going to tell them. And I told my, the first person I told was one of my bosses, Steve, uh, Steve Brayband. I think I told him like mid December. And I said, can you do me a favor? And I need to share something with you that nobody else knows. And I told him it and his eyes lit up and he's like, dude, I know how important your faith is to you. This is amazing. Uh, and I think it's a perfect fit for you. Congratulations. So he was a big proponent of it, but then he worked with me on the best way to tell some other people. And by early January, I had told everybody, including Mike and Mike, I told them when we were out, um, ironically, we were traveling for the college football national championship that year. That was the, the Sean Watson to Hunter Renfro for the winning touchdown sure. uh, college football championship that was down in Tampa. And we went down there for Mike and Mike. And I remember telling them, and, you know, initially Golick was the best. He just looked at me and was like, this makes complete sense. I know what's important to you. Congratulations. Not, didn't even question it. Greeny looked at it and he was like, are you sure? And I was surprised that Greeny was as, I guess, interested in it and learning more because I, I told him about my faith a little bit and they had kind of known, I mean, they, they used to bust my chops on the air because I didn't curse and they knew that. And so right away when they saw that and knew that, uh, there was something different. And yes. When I told them it was about my faith and I just feel a call to go do something greater, you know, they both were amazingly supportive and you saw that on that video yes. on that last day. Um, there was only one person less one person and I'm not going to name him, but one person who looked at me and said, I don't know if this is a good idea for you. Are you kidding? You've invested 17 years here and you're leaving for this potential thing that might work when you have this. Building, building a pension and building wealth and all the, le a legacy, all, all those things. Yes, that's correct. And so when he said that, I said, uh, I said, well, you're right. I honestly don't know. I'm honestly not sure. But I believe because my faith is strong that this is the right decision. Now, I remember telling my wife, if this is not the right decision, God will have this blow up in my face very quickly and we'll end up turning back and seeing if ESPN has another opening and I'll just go back because hopefully I've built up enough equity there. Sure. But if it's from God, it will be clear. It will it will. It will, I don't know, it will, you'll look back and you'll say clearly that this was supposed to work. God will see you through it. The doors will swing wide open, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what happened. But in a way, I didn't expect, you know, it wasn't just Sports Spectrum and growing this amazing media ministry that we've been able to be a part of for the last five years. But it's the two books that you mentioned. It's speaking and traveling around the country and sharing my story. These are things I never did until after I left ESPN. And I had no idea that this was going to happen or it wasn't something that I wanted to pursue. I don't enjoy writing less. So I didn't want to write books. That's not something that I wanted to do, but these doors kept opening and these opportunities kept happening. And I saw what God was doing in the midst of me walking away. So only that one person really had a little bit of a hesitation, but everybody else for the most part was very supportive. And I think that helped me in making my decision to know that this is the right way to go.
Well, you're for someone that doesn't want to write, uh, you're you're pretty good at it. Which again, I know <laughs> it, it promotes what God is doing in your life instead of the talent that that we have or or the talent that we sometimes think that that we own, and it's what God gives us. But especially live to forgive. I mean, we've shared that story of of the fatherhood issues and uh, how similar and that we have in those areas. But, but again, it's just obviously something that, that God led you to do and speaking and all of it. So when you were tying this whole thing up, yeah. when you, so I, I guess I'll go back and say at ESPN, it's all about sports, but faith belonged in that sport because people saw the change in you. God was still working in you and, and you can still be, you know, you became a man of success, like you had said, mm-hmm. to a man of significance. And it wasn't beating it down people's throats. People were just noticing what God was doing in you. And they respected that. And uh, I mean, that, that that's amazing. That That's going to echo throughout eternity, I think. And so when you went to Sports Spectrum, what did you think you were going there for? And what did you end up actually doing? Oh, wow. Uh, what a great question. Um, because I don't, I don't know if I have a real great answer to that yet. I mean, I know when I went there, I thought I was going to try this out. It was a one-year contract, right? It was sure. kind of part-time, so it was 24 hours. It wasn't even a full-time job that I left ESPN for. Um, I thought I was going to do consulting on the side, you know, working with different media people. And I did do some of that, which was great and kind of build up their platforms and help them with social media, help them with podcasting, with broadcasting, with being an on-air talent. You know, I helped and counseled with many analysts and former players over the years. So I thought that might be the direction that I go into while still working with Sports Spectrum. And I remember about a year in, somebody from the Sports Spectrum team said to me, where are you with this? Because you feel like, I feel like you're half in with us and half in with the other things. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of all in with all of it. And they said, well, that's not going to, you know, you, you'll eventually burn out if you're trying to do too much. Right. It doesn't mean you can't do other things, but you got to be mindful of where you're going and what you're doing. And I remember after that, uh, you know, thinking, all right, where, where's my heart? Like, what do I want to do? What do I love? What am I passionate about? And I believe it was Sports Spectrum. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't write another book after that. It doesn't mean I still don't speak. I do. But I do those when God opens up a door to do those. I'm not pursuing those anymore. Um, I'm really pursuing, at least right now, with Sports Spectrum and just going full-time with them, which I did about two and a half, three years ago. Uh, now the director of media and overseeing a, a brand that I can help grow and hiring people and trying to just continue to take any skills and talents that I might have or have acquired from ESPN and even before that and bring it to Sports Spectrum and continue to create, to innovate, and to, for lack of a better word, bring Jesus into the conversation at Sports Spectrum. Hmm. That's what our goal is. That's what we want to do. You know, we believe that sports is a wonderful avenue to share the gospel. I know you do too. And so sports is such a uniter for so many to be interested in listening to, you know, we have so many guests on and we've had a lot of people listen to our shows that aren't Christian because they're interested in the guest. Right. But that brings them in for a chance to hear the gospel. And so that's, it's really become ministry for me less, even though um, I don't think I recognized that at first, that this was ministry. 
I just looked at it as a media opportunity about sports and faith and bringing Christ into the conversation. So the significance was there, but now I really see it as ministry. So going in every day and saying, okay, God, today, as I tape this conversation with Les, or as I tape another podcast later for my show, how can your story be woven into this conversation so that people hear about you and not just about us? And that's what's changed, I think, the most, especially when you look back five years, uh, you know, just keep this in mind. I was a producer for 20 years. Yeah. I had zero on-air experience other than my collegiate experience of, you know, being on college radio. Sure. So I didn't even know if this was really even supposed to be where God wanted me because this was not my talent. Um, I think I've gotten better as a, as a podcast host, as an interviewer, certainly when you do it for five years and we've grown a good audience, but I still know that my, my unique talent that I had for many years was as a producer. And so I want to bring that to the foray with sports spectrum. And that's, I think how it's changed. I'm not sure if that actually answers the question you asked, but I think it's just changed over my perspective on kind of dabbling in a few places to really going all in with sports spectrum. That's where I am right now. No, I think that that answers it in, in an excellent way. You know, as you mentioned, talking about the books, yeah, I've written two books, but I didn't set out to write. I don't like writing. I'm just waiting for God to open the door. And so, right. right I mean, you put everything where you think you're led and, and God's going to sometimes ask you to do different things and we're just to be obedient and, and see him successfully work through it. So we're just about out of time. Jason Romano, is our guest. He's the the host of Sports Spectrum, the podcast, Sports Spectrum podcast. Um, they interview athletes, coaches, entertainers, personalities, uh, and and these guests. And these are some amazing guests. Um, I'm telling you, they are the top in their field all the time. And uh, they're sharing stories on their intersection of sports and faith. So I guess we kind of answered the question, but I'm just going to finish this thing off, Jason, with the question, does faith belong in sports? Yes, um, because if you're a Christian, faith belongs everywhere. Amen. So it's not just sports. It's like I said earlier, for me, understanding that if I'm, you know, in, in, a, in a meeting with someone that's not regarding work, if I'm at the grocery store, if I'm at the gas station, if I'm obviously at church, at home, that faith is with me wherever I go. So I would say faith des definitely belongs in sports. I think that you're not hired, though to be an evangelist necessarily when you're you're being paid to be a quarterback, let's say on the football field or sure. a pitcher in baseball. Your job is to be a great pitcher and your job is to be a quarterback, but your job also is to represent Christ in that vocation in a way that pleases him and not others. Amen. That's very difficult. That's very difficult because you are evaluated and judged by your peers and by your coaches and by your opponents and by front office people every single day, but you are playing for an audience of one. So you bring that faith with you. And then there's opportunities, right? There's baseball chapel and you can lead that way. There's, you know, in football, there's meet me at the 50 after every game, they pray at the 50 yard line in the NFL. So there's opportunities to be publicly bold about your faith, but it's carrying it with you and letting your actions do as much talking as your words. Amen. You know, um, in life and in sports, 
I don't want to be the guy that's cool, and I don't want to be the guy that is. Uh, and, and I know when you when you work hard, people notice that. When you have good success and the numbers are there, obviously people notice that, and you're recognized as a top in your sport. But I want my mm. life, whether it's sports or media or family or whatever it may be, I want my life to beg questions. Why is he different? Yes. Why is he calm? Why does he love his wife that way? And so then they asked the question, what's different about you? And it is the exact question. I sat in a clubhouse in low A ball in Eugene, Oregon, in tears, ready to give up on life. When Bobby mm. Meacham walked in the clubhouse and I don't know if he forgot a scorecard or something. He was supposed to be on the field, getting ready to start the game and coach. And it just blurted out of me, Meach, there's something different about you. And I got to know what it is. And instead of coaching, he sat down and shared the gospel with me and laid it out. It was because of Bobby Meacham in sports that uh, I came into saving faith in Jesus Christ. And so, uh, Jason, thank you for all you do, man. You have obviously been an extreme success at what you've done. I mean, you're very talented as a producer, host, in social media, in all kinds of media, as a speaker, as a writer. But I know for a fact that you give all the glory to the Lord. Um, I so appreciate your podcast. I appreciate what you do. And as always, I want to recognize the amazing discerning brides that we have. Please thank your family for sharing your time today with us. Uh, every time we say yes to something not family related, we're saying no to our family. So thank you for that. You got it. Thanks, Les. I appreciate you. Appreciate you inviting me on. And uh, I'm thankful to everybody checking us out and listening. Uh, thanks for having me, buddy. Absolutely, buddy. And one last time, where can people go for the books, for the podcast? all things that are Sports Spectrum and your books. Tell us. Yeah, it's just my website, Sports... Uh, well, the Sports Spectrum website is sportspectrum.com. It's not my website, um, but that's where all of our content is, right? So it's devotionals, podcasts, articles. That's all there. If you want to reach me, social media is fine. I have my DMs open. You can reach me that way. Or you mentioned my website earlier, jasonromano.com. That has information on my books and speaking and some of the other things that I dabble with on the side. But yeah, those are the best ways. But definitely check out sportspectrum.com because that's, you want to listen to podcasts, you want to hear more stories on this intersection of sports and faith, read more stories, devotionals, all sorts of things. It's all free and it's all right there at the website. Hmm. Love it. Jason Romano, thank you. Thanks for your friendship. Thanks for your talent, man. Thanks for being here today. I'm going to have you hang on. I'm going to give you the prop goodbye off the air. But uh, I yes, still sir. appreciate you being here today, my friend. You got it, buddy. Thanks. And thanks to all of you who are listening to the Watching World podcast. And if you want to find out more about the podcast or more about Abundant Life, your next steps, different ministries, and so much more, just simply go to www.livingproof.co. For my guest, Jason Romano, I'm Liz Norman. Thanks for joining us today on the Watching World Podcast.